Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. And sometimes we talk all things hope and family and charity and family. This week, we have been discussing Dr. Tice's book, Hope for My Hometown. We are going through the book chapter by chapter. We're actually on chapter two. This is the second part of chapter two that we're going through. We talked about how uh, everything got started, but how did you really make it work? Okay, so we came out here. We got out here on July 10th at uh, 10 o'clock at night. It was 110 degrees, and we just made a commitment that we were going to start going door knocking. This was an amazing change. It's a refreshing for your mother. Night. Yes, 110 degrees. We walk outside. People don't understand. People <laughs> back east that say, "Hey, well, it gets up to 100 degrees here." At, when it's 110 degrees here during the day, it's 105 degrees at night. Yes. Uh, it just stays that way, just probably from the middle of June all the way till the end of August. <laughs> September is like, oh, it's only 90 degrees at night, and you're feeling like relieved. <laughs> Actually, it goes down to about 70 or 80 degrees it at night. Nicer. But uh, yeah, this so nice. in September. But we just have made a determination that we were going to knock on 100 doors a day. And we did that. We did that for eight weeks. We knocked on doors. And then... Uh, so every day. And yeah. And, went we'll, and he knocked on somebody's door, put it, gave him a track, yes, invited them to the church plant. That's it. The idea was, was give them the invitation. We didn't try to lead everybody to the Lord uh, going door to door. We just gave them an invitation to church, starting, starting a new church. Those that were interested, we wrote their name down on a piece of paper. And uh, we would we kept a, a folded up sheet of paper in my pocket, shirt mm-hmm. pocket. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we would go home, and anybody that prospects we'd have, we put them in a book, and then th- then we would call them on a weekly basis, and we would write them notes, letters, just saying we want to encourage you to come. Yeah. So we did that, and we did that for nine weeks, or eight weeks, and then and this uh, is all summer long, all summer long, and then. September 11th came, and we opened the doors of the church. Now, Las Vegas, it never rains. It's just always hot. But September 11th, we had a downpour. And <laughs> so I thought, Lord, what are, you, what are you doing? Was it flash floods? Oh, it was like, pouring down. So like every like three years, we have flash floods in Las <laughs> Vegas. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> so we pull in the parking lot, and I'm thinking, nobody's going to come. It's pouring down rain. But wow. we had 68 people come the very first Sunday. Wow. And we had two people uh, pray to trust Christ as Savior. On that first Sunday, uh, we... We, that you need to, if you're starting a church, the very first Sunday, you need to focus on telling people how to get saved. Your whole message should be how to, how to get saved. Hmm. Uh, you, the children, we had a, my wife taught a children's class and she taught uh, those kids how to get saved. That was the key thing. We have we pictures w- of that up in the office of the first Sunday of, hmm. I love seeing those. You guys had built um, puppet puppet stages, yes. Stages. Mom and I had built yeah, those. Used those for years too. Yep, wooden we did. puppet stages, and Mom taught that in the back, and you preached in the auditorium. That's exactly what we did. So um, that was the very first Sunday. So, uh, and we had, like I said, two people. We we made sure we got a visitors card on every person. We call them connection cards now, um, but we got a card filled out on every single person, and then that week. We wrote a letter to everybody that said they wanted, they were interested in coming. 
and we told them how fantastic the services were. Now, it wouldn't have mattered if they weren't fantastic. It wouldn't have mattered what they were like, and it wouldn't have mattered if we had 10 or 68. It was a fantastic, fantastic day, day. <laughs> because we because wanted to make this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's exactly <laughs> right. Day. My goal was to have 150 people in church on the first Sunday, and we had 68 people in church. And that I... right there is beautiful to tell people. Yep. You had you had high goal of 150 people. It downpoured rain. You didn't even make half that goal. No, and you could still. And that would have been discouraging, but you still, but two people got saved. Yep. We were excited. I mean, I mean, you didn't really even know what to expect. I mean, really even setting that goal of 150, like you don't know what you're doing. It would be great if 150 people came. (laughs) We found that for every thousand doors we knocked on, we would get one visitor. Wow. And so we just kept knocking on doors. People say, why would, would you do that today? Yeah, I'd do it today. If I had nothing else, if I had no other way to reach people, I'd be out door knocking yeah. and doing everything I could because I I think I just, you would do that on top of everything else there is. Yeah. That's, I think you'd be door knocking. You'd be using any free social media that they would allow you to get into people's. That's ex- yep. that's exactly what you do. Get the so attention. That's that that was our first Sunday, and we're coming up in September to our forty fifth anniversary, and it, it's been it's been wonderful. We've so, seen thousands of people come through and trust Christ as their Savior throughout yep. the last forty five years. It's been amazing. amazing. So, how quickly did it take you to grow out of the building that you were renting? We heard it two episodes ago how they rented you a place to, um, the church rented you a place to li- to meet in. How long did it take to grow out of that building? Was the next week, where they busting at the scenes? <laughs> well, actually, we our first Sunday, we had 68 people. Our second Sunday, we had 48 people. That's encouraging. Our third Sunday, we had 43 people. And our fourth Sunday, we had 34 people. <laughs> so it wasn't going the right way. But it, on that fourth Sunday, a couple came in who had, been waiting for a church to start on that side of town. And they had been coming for the first four Sundays. And they thought by that time, they said, okay, we're going to do something. And they they put in a $1,300 check. Oh, it was wow. absolutely amazing. You need to understand that that would be like that would be like a ten thousand dollar check right. today. I mean, it would be. It was just absolutely amazing. They said that we have we went to a church that the church that closed that had left us all the stuff in the um, mini storage place. Uh, that church, we thought we we're going to come and hear this new preacher that's coming into town. Hmm. And they came and they listened. After four weeks, they said we can trust him, and they wow. they they dropped all their tithes from the last, from the last month. Yeah, from oh. It was the last like six or eight oh, months because of being, <clears throat> yeah, they being had no church. Wow, that's amazing. So we took that immediately and used that to to put one-minute advertisements after Jerry Falwell's program on in Las Vegas. And so Jerry Falwell come on with this fantastic program, and then I would be, at, after he was over immediately, there would be Dave Tice saying, hi, if you like Jerry Falwell, you're going to love Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas. <laughs> he trained me personally. That's right. That's it. And, I love it. And so we just... 
fallen on his coattails to get him to get them to come. And I love so, that. I love that how encouraging he was to you guys. Cause oh, he yeah. said to you guys, use my name if it helps build the kingdom. If it doesn't, stay as far away from it as possible. Uh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like, right. Such a good such a wonderful heart. And so um so kingdom minded. And and so we had so people great. we had people come in because of those advertisements. And so then the church got to a point after about six months, the church had outgrown uh, the the room, and we needed more room. We wanted to start Sunday school classes. Well, when we when we went there, we thought, well, there were four different buildings, uh, and so we went and asked if if she would be willing to uh, rent us some more buildings. They were exactly the same, uh, and we could put Sunday school classes. And she said, "Oh yeah, I've I've." I didn't realize this church was going to grow so quickly, she said, or uh, we we would have been charging you more, so this will be perfect. And I thought since we were going to get double, we were going to get some more rooms, that it would go from $200 a month to $400 a month. She said, oh, no, we'll give you the extra room, but but you're going to start paying $1,000 a month. Well, we were moving in on Saturday night and moving out on Sunday nights. (laughs) Get thee behind me, Satan. So we thought, what are we going to do? So we moved. We moved from that building. Uh, after after we just kept paying. We paid her for a couple of months wow. until we could find a place, and we found a warehouse building. Probably not the smartest move we ever made, but there was a guy who who worked in a warehouse building, and half that warehouse building wasn't used. And so they said that if we could move, if we could move there and pay a thousand dollars a month, and we would be in a permanent location. That by by that I mean. We didn't have to move in and move out, move in and move out. Right. Like I, our friends are in a public school when they use it just on Sunday or the our friends that are in a movie theater. Yes. They, they have to set up just for that Sunday and then they have to tear down. Yes. But you got to have the whole building or you got to have your part of the building all seven days of the week. All days, yes. And, so that, if you and wanted to use it as an office during that time, or it, it worked fine because we had a little office area. We had Sunday school Did rooms. You guys have midweek service. During yes, that time yes. Too? We we started with Sunday. I I tell people all the time: if you're going to start a church, you ought to start with everything you're going to start. Hmm. You're going to have so that people feel like I'm going to church. Yeah, it's not like. Oh, I used to go to church, but now I'm here at this Bible study. Oh, okay. Um, so, if, so we had Sunday morning services, Sunday night services, Wednesday night service, and sometimes in those Wednesday evening services, there was only two families or three families that would yeah. show up. But we did that, and then and then uh, again, what we had to do is we had to move into this warehouse building. We were there for two years, and then they sold the warehouse building. Our church on our second anniversary had 210 people attending mm-hmm. on our second anniversary. It was great, big wow. day. It was wonderful. Uh, then that we announced that we were going to have to move, and we didn't have a building, and we looked for months for a building, and we couldn't find a building. And as that was happening, we had people who felt like they were called to the mission field. We had two of our key families move away. Right. If these people are being called in the mission field, they're normally already serving and doing so much. Yes. Yes. They were. Our Sunday school classes were two and three year olds, four and five year olds, first, second, and third grade, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. We had four teachers and they, and the four teachers were the husband and wife teams. So we lost all of our teachers. Then another church came and planted 
in town and some people who were disgruntled with us or just thought we were too young to be uh, pastoring left our church and went over to that church. Then it's Las Vegas, a very transient community. So we had people that were moving out of town. And then there were people who said, Hey, they're losing their building. They haven't been able to find we a building. Find a church so we, so we got to find church. a place where we can go to church. And so they stopped coming. By the time we came, to, we finally got to move and we came to our third anniversary. We went from 210 people on our third anniversary to running about 60 people on Lower our than your first third, third anniversary. That's depressing. Right, yeah, right after our second anniversary, I wanted to go back to my alma mater and meet all my friends and say, look what we're doing. Right. On our third anniversary, I didn't want to. That really quick. I didn't want to see anybody. <laughs> didn't want to talk to anybody. I mean, it was uh, it's pretty wow. depressing. I told my wife I want to move to Portland, Oregon, and she said, "Why?" I said, "Because nobody knows us in Portland, Oregon." <laughs> Isn't that so, amazing how God allowed that? And that's something that you use to help young men all over the nation now. Like, I mean, you had no idea that that one of the most like depressing parts of your ministry would be something that could really <laughs> help encourage encourage others yeah. because you're you're you said your lowest Sunday you've ever had was 34 people yes uh-huh. so even that it still never went back to the lowest that you ever had but God did allow it yeah and he said all right but he moved you guys on to um different things now how many total physical locations has Liberty actually had well, that's, I was just going to go there. There, We had this little school building. Then we left there. We went to the warehouse, and we had to move from the warehouse. We did not know where we were going to meet, and that led to a lot of people leaving as well. And then one week before we had to move, uh, a lady told us about this old dance studio, and we moved into, and we went over and looked at it and said, it's perfect. Anything would have been perfect, but this really was a perfect little spot. It was a building that I'm not even sure they um was was recorded i think somebody built it without getting a permit on it oh, because crazy. later when we tried to get some a building permits to expand the building uh they said there is no building there so at least one person we went to so and that's the one that i grew up in yes yeah the, so the dance the, no the you know, I look at the little pictures, you don't realize that like the modulars were our classrooms. I didn't understand how, you know, it was, it was growing, but really how a, a smaller, as a child, you're just going to church with all your friends. You don't see the, the all the struggles. The, the stains, the water <laughs> yeah. stains on the side of the, the wall. The ugly orange curtains. Yeah, as a child, you wouldn't have seen all the ugly things and how terrible that building that was. But um, anyway, we moved into there. We had to do all sorts of uh, things to make that building uh, work. Uh, and and it was a perpetual problem for 10 years. But God used us. God allowed us to get there. When we moved into that third building, we decided we got to focus on discipleship. Yeah. And we really began to focus on discipleship and bringing people along. Would From you there, say that was like the key to your yes. numerical growth and spiritual growth of the church was yeah, the we, discipleship. We started reading books about discipleship. We started reading books about I, I realized people were coming over to our church from other churches, but they didn't know what to uh, to expect. Yeah. So we you have to pour into your people what you believe the Bible is teaching so that when you preach it on Sunday morning, they're not freaked out. Yeah. He believes that. You need to 
systematically Is that teach when you people started truth. Doing the two seven classes. Yes, we had two seven, which was a navigator series called from Colossians two seven, rooted and built up in Christ or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I just remember. I, I mean, I never went through it because we use different discipleship materials, but I just remember you took class instead of just one on one because there wasn't enough to do just one on one. Yeah. Um, you didn't have enough people discipled. You would do a class, and us kids would be watched by somebody. Yeah, in the it would be on Thursday night, and we would we met with six couples. Yeah, and two of those couples still come to this church, and uh, uh, others. And I know at other times, like mom, I, I'm pretty sure Ruby's one of the ladies that would watch us, a single lady, and uh-huh. then mom personally would take her through discipleship. Yes, so she's not missing out on getting discipled. But um, personally, we, we had ladies growth groups and yeah. men's growth groups. Then we found that the discipling couples together was but was best. And so we started doing that. And of course, a couple with a one couple is is a wonderful thing. Right. But uh, we would take five and six couples through together. But and, you needed to because there wasn't a bunch of other people. That's right. To do that. with. Right. So it was like, here's the core group and we're going to teach you so you can go out and you can disciple the other people. But, and it is amazing what you just said. There's two couples. It's not just two couples that are still here at our church. Um, um, one of the ladies, she's in heaven now, but her son is the executive pastor over at Josh's church Yes, and has been there since almost the beginnings of it. They were still in college while uh, it started. But I mean, it's amazing how the discipleship was the key to numerical and spiritual growth. Right, that, right. That's, you can't miss that. And it's what gives stability to the church, hmm. absolute stability to the church. So then we went from there to this building, and now we've been building on this property for the last 31 years. So we had four different locations to answer the question. Wow. Uh, but it was, a, it was, there was, during that time we were in that, in the um, dance studio for 10 years, it seemed like forever. People would say, are you, do you have a a plan to get into a permanent location? And uh, we said, yeah, we were just waiting for God. And then God eventually provided. And, uh, and it's amazing how God provided. This episode comes from chapter two of Hope from My Hometown. It's chapter two. It's entitled, And So It Starts. So if you're reading along with us, or if you'd like to read along with us, you can grab your copy it's at davidtice.com, davidtice.com. It's D-A-V-I-D-T-E-I-S dot com. So you can pick that up today. Just order your order your copy and you can go along with us. So make sure you join us next week for Tice Talks. It's more than a conversation. <laughs>